the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Hello, everyone. Uh, Thank you so much, as always, for being here with us, and thank you for your interactions with us about this uh, very exciting series. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about Mecca and the trade route problem, or the uh, sea route problem, uh, if you wish. And last time we talked about the fact that a a very uh, well-known and renowned scholar uh, in the field of early Islamic, uh, basically, history, if you wish, uh, apparently made a mistake, and we're talking about Patricia Crone. And that's where we left off last episode. And with me here, of course, to continue that discussion is our dear brother and colleague, Dr. Jay Smith. Dr. Jay, welcome back. You kind of like shocked us when you said that Patricia Crone made a mistake. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm kind of being audacious, aren't I, in saying that? But listen, I have a lot of respect for Dr. Patricia Corona. Yeah. I know her personally. I've been in her office. She was the one that helped me put my my uh, debate together back in 1995 against Dr. Jamal Badawi. So I have I have an enormous amount of respect. And uh, what I'm going to say, I did that kind of tongue in cheek, and that is that she didn't go far enough. She didn't. Uh, she confronted Montgomery Watts' trade route theory, the last the land trade route theory, and showed that the land trade route could not have gone down to Mecca, off the plateau, and then come back up again to get up to Yathrib. It had to have gone by the sea. And so she just quickly said it went up the sea, but she made a one clerical error, uh, and that is, where did it go up the Red Sea? Where exactly? So let's put up a map. Let's go to the slide again, and let's go and see what the map shows us. Now, the Red Sea uh, via Mecca debunked. Remember, to understand the problem, we need to look at a topographical map. So I've got a topographical map here to see where the waterways are in the Red Sea. But before we do that, just look and see the cities we've got there. We've got Yathrib, and then you have Yanbu, and you know, or Inbu, or how do you pronounce that? How you... Yamba. Yamba. So Yamba is the one that, that, that supplies all the needs for Yathrib, because Yathrib is in the desert. I mean, in Hejaz, you call it Yumba, by the way, but uh, it's uh, in Yumba. classical okay. Arabic Yamba. Yeah. Yamba. Yeah. And Jeddah, where you're from, is the city that supplies all the provisions yeah. and all Jeddah. the needs yeah. for Mecca, because Mecca has nothing. And that's why you need to have Jeddah there. And that's where you grew up, and that's why you were so close to it. So both Yanba and Jeddah are on the Red Sea, on the eastern coast of the Red Sea. Down here is Eden on the south. Now, Patricia Krone said that it uh, came, it went around Eden, went up to, uh, went up the Red Sea, and of course, the the comeback on that was okay, so it went up the Red Sea. Therefore, it stopped in Jeddah and it started Yunba, and therefore, those were well known places, and that's how Mecca became important because of Jeddah. 
And um, I would have no difficulty. I always do that as well until about two years ago when someone questioned me on that. Uh, uh, one of the comments that came out on the YouTube series when we were doing this, I said, well, what about Jeddah, Jay? You've forgotten Jeddah. Jeddah has been there. We know that Jeddah was there since the second century B.C. And so I went up on Wikipedia, like my innocent that I was. I went up on sure enough, on Wikipedia, it does mention that Jeddah was in existence in the second century BC. It was the center of trade for Mecca. That's how Mecca got its important because of Jeddah and got its provisions, its food, its water, and all the rest to for provide for the camels. From Jeddah. Of course, you always trust Wikipedia, right? And so I put that up there, and I gave that as an example. Wikipedia says that. No, you I, said 7th century, not 2nd century. 7th century, but from yeah. the 2nd century B.C., it has been there, is what these, what Wikipedia was saying. 2nd century B.C. And I got hammered. People after people said, Jay, you're trusting Wikipedia. Did you look at the source for that reference? So I went back to the source, and it was, of course, a Muslim source. Right. And I said, okay, well, what? maybe this Muslim knows something that I don't know. So I... Somebody come in, well, why don't you go back to the man that actually was, gave you, did you the teaching? He was the one that taught you. Gerald Hotting. Gerald Hotting. Why don't yeah. you look and see? Because he has written about Jeddah. Why don't you go right. back and see what he said? So I had one of my, my researchers there in London go and read his material. He said, oh, wait a minute. Gerald Hotting says that Jeddah didn't exist until the 8th century. 8th century AD. Mm-hmm. That means long after Muhammad. That means about 100 years after Muhammad. And that it was created to give provisions to Mecca. Which means... Mecca, at least, either did not really need such route, uh, route from the sea, meaning wasn't that prominent, or wasn't created until the same time. So Mecca was created for a need, right. but Mecca needed also water and food and in Jeddah order to exist. Provide that. That's why Jeddah had to be created. Till so, this day, by the way. Till this day. Right. In fact, you know that because that's where all the desalination plants are. Right. There's huge desalination plants all around Jeddah to supply Mecca, to supply all the Zumzum well uh, and with all its water. So I decided to go back and, 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 and then I got a, another reference. People said, have you looked at a topographical map, Jay? That answers your query. Look at a topographical map. So they sent me this map here, and they said, look at the waterways on it. So I wanted to look at the waterways. So here are the, the deep uh, water channel. That's where I put the red there. This is where the, day, the ships today go. They are huge ships. You saw one of those that got stuck in the Suez Canal right, right. Uh, a number of years ago. Well, that's where they go today, but that's not where they went in the 7th century. We didn't have ships like that in the 7th century. So what about the 7th century ships that use sails? Well, they went up these channels where the golden arrows are. Notice that? What side of the sea are they on? On the west side. On the west side, on the African side. Exactly. Why? Because they had to stay close to the shore. Because they couldn't go as fast as the diesel ships do today. They all were blown by the wind, which means they needed provisions along the way, don't they? They needed provisions. So, unlike the eastern Arabian shore, which was arid with no fresh water and thus few people, the western African shore, which is on the left, had plenty of fresh water and had larger populations. What's more, the west coast had easily accessible ports, and we know their names. We know the names. Let's go to the next slide. You can see right over here. Let's look at that. Look at. Let's look at those ports. So we, we did. I did. This is the. Uh, I did this research uh, when this came up, and I realized I've got to find out where these, uh, where these ports are that all these small ships that needed to stand go in every day were. Well, let's take a look at them. When you look at them, the five there are five coastal cities 
that go along the western coast or along the Red Sea on the African side. The first one is known as Asab. There it is right down there. Now that's in uh, Eritrea today. Uh, look at the dates that we have historical support for it. All the way back to the 3rd century BC, right? we have references to Asab. Which, which is important because if Mecca was such an important town, why don't we have something similar to Asab, for instance, listed? Bingo. Yeah. Because remember, we don't have anything for Mecca until 741 A.D., That's which right. is the 8th century. We can go all the way to the 3rd century B.C. for Asab. Adjulis that Patricia Crone found was on almost all the trading documents. It then controlled the trade from 79 A.D. on. It was really the major place for them from 79 A.D. That's mm-hmm. the 1st century A.D. that you had. And that's also in Eritrea. And then in Sudan, you have the city of Swakin, 170 AD. So it became important another century later. Why? Because they needed more ports along because these smaller ships could, could not go for long distances. So it was in created in 170. This is long before Islam came into being. This is the second century. So we're about 500 years earlier yet. Then you have two other ports, Berenice, which is in Egypt, which has been dated back to 275 BC. That's the third century BC. And the last one would be Safaga, which is 282 BC, third century BC, also in Egypt, all on the West Coast. Now, their dates all predates Islam. All five, look at them, all five are a day's distance from each other. Wait, can you see that? They're almost equidistance. That is one day's ride, a one day sailing ship, so that a ship could make it day after day after day, get the provisions every day. That's why they had to create those they other... stop, they offload, they get things and move on. They get provisions, they get provisions, they get provisions. Right. And that's how they could do it. That's why they're equidistant. And they've been doing this since the first century AD, long before Islam. So Patricia Crone didn't do this, didn't think about this. But here's the question. On the other side, which is the eastern side, we do have Yanbe, uh, which is known, well known as the city that supplied Yathrib. What about Jeddah? Supplying Mecca. Supplying Mecca? Nothing until the 8th century. Nothing until the end. We have no history for either Jeddah or Mecca until the 8th century. More specifically, until 741. Well, look what we have to do then with Mecca and Jeddah. Why? Because neither had water nor a population large enough to accommodate the early trade. Well, let's just get rid of Mecca and Jeddah right off the map. Now, when you do that, of course, the question, the million-dollar question, without Mecca, what then happens to 7th century Islam? Well, you can see what happens to it. It just basically eradicates, destroys it. And this is the problem. No one's looking at maps. No one's looking at the historical context. If you're going to make a claim, as the standard Islamic narrative does, if you're going to make the claim, that there was a place called Mecca, that it was right there in the, uh, at the beginning or the center of the trade, you're going to have to support that. Patricia Crone pretty much shut down the idea of a land trade route that went from uh, Aden to Sana to Najaran to Taif down to Mecca. We saw from those topographical maps, it had to go down 3,000 feet, then come back 3,000 feet to get up to Yathrib, then to Tabuk, then to Petra, and then to Gaza and on out to the Mediterranean. She shut that down. We then shut down, the Sin Sifters shut this down two years ago by looking at the sea trade. You can see that all of the trade was on the African coast. And why on the African coast? Because it had water. And if you have water, then you have vegetation. 
Arab, the Arab side of the the eastern side had no water, and that's why there was no trade that went up that route. Now, can you understand why all the channels are on the left and not on the right? Absolutely, fascinating, of course. And uh, just give us a glimpse of what we will be covering next time. Well, I want to, I want to <laughs> take this one step further. Uh, I think. If you're going to talk about water, we need to understand what that whole premise is. What do we mean by water? Okay? Very good. All right. Thank you so much. As always, uh, we uh, thank you for following us and thank you for watching. Until next time, have a blessed day. Thank you for listening. We'll be right back after this message. You're listening to Let Us Reason with Al Fadi. We depend on the generous gifts of our supporters to produce this program. To join us in this work, go to patreon.com and search for CIRA International. That's C-I-R-A International. You can also donate through PayPal. Go to CIRAInternational.com to learn more. Your support will help us continue introducing Muslims to the gospel of Christ. Now, back to Let Us Reason. Hello, everyone. This is Al-Fadi, and I want to thank you, as always, uh, for uh, watching uh, this uh, video series and also for your comments and interactions with us today. We're going to continue with our talk concerning the problems with the place, and we're talking about Mecca here. <laughs> we have uh, titled this particular episode, Creating a Mecca Meme, and with me here uh, in studio, our dear brother, Dr. Jay Smith, to further explain that to us. Welcome back, Dr. Jay. Yeah, okay. So what do we mean by this? All right, this is kind of a little little bit of a humor side note, you might say. And, and it happened when I was at Speaker's Corner with Hatuntash last year, late last year in November. I was in town, and I wanted to get up on the ladder with her. And uh, we were I had my famous yellow jacket on that I always have whenever it's wintertime. We both got on the ladder, and she hadn't been on the ladder for about two years. I hadn't been on the ladder for yeah, about that same time as well. So we were kind of both uh, fresh from having to do that. And we got on the ladder and, and I wanted to go through a number of this material that I'm using right now. I wanted to unpack it to see how the Muslims would respond to it because that's always a great, it's always a great place to really field test your material. And so I remember even getting up on the ladder, Hatun turned towards me and says, yeah, I don't agree with you on Mecca. I said, well, okay, that's fine, but just don't say so today. Don't talk about it today. So I was getting up on the ladder, and I wanted to go through some of this video. And I was looking for a way of encapsulating what we the biggest problem with Mecca. One of the biggest problems, how can you do it in just one sentence or with one picture? And that's what a meme is. A meme is a picture. It's usually uh, humorous, a quick way of getting an idea across, uh, just or a little ditty, a little poem, or a little saying, getting it across. So you just need to say that one line, you put it on a sign, and that makes uh, that that make, makes your message, get your message. Uh, the most famous one is probably uh, Let's Go Brandon. I'm not going to say what that means, but you know, everyone, when you say Let's Go Brandon, you know exactly what that means around the world, especially here in the United States. And so those are the kind of things we're looking for. We're looking for memes, something that will encapsulate what the problem is. So in this case, what's a meme that we could have created? And so I was on the ladder and, and I decided to show some pictures. Let's show you the pictures, what I'm talking about. These are the pictures I showed on the day. If you go back to the slide, let's put them up there. And I put up four pictures. So here they are. One, two, three, and four. These are topographical pictures uh, of Saudi Arabia today. Now, this is Saudi Arabia today. So you see over this one here, there's a little bit of green there because there is fertilization today, but not certainly in the 7th century. But what's the first thing you noticed about all four of these pictures? Go ahead. Tell me what you think. Well, I mean, um, 
at least we're, we're seeing that Mecca and Medina are pointed out to us here. There, I'm put, I put them, point them out to you as well. But where Mecca and Medina are, what do you notice? You mentioned it before in another episode. The distance between them? Not the distance. What do you notice physically? Well, one is actually um, uh, closer to the Red Sea. Okay. Mecca, well, what I notice when I, area. what I notice when I look at them is they're both in the desert. Well, I, mean, yeah, I mean, technically speaking, but Mecca, you can say, is a little closer, you know, uh, to the plain area, basically, between the mountain and the Red Sea. Okay, but they're in the desert, okay? Yeah. This is known as Petrea Deserta. We've talked right. about this. This is one of the first things you notice about Mecca. It's in a desert, surrounded by desert. Uh, you have noticed this. There's just no fertilization, no vegetation, no water anywhere. You've got a real problem here. Mm-hmm. So if they're in a desert, and see, Muslims haven't really talked about this. They've never mentioned this before. So I was on the ladder there with Hatun, trying to persuade her that there is a problem here. And I said, okay, if it's in a desert, what's the first thing you must say? Well, where there's a desert, there's no water. I mean, that's the chances are there is no water or at least springs of water. Because if there are, you're going to find what we call like springs. And you're going to find also oasis and other things around. Okay. Is there an oasis? Is there a spring in in, uh, I am not aware of that. Of course, uh, a Muslim can argue with us and say, wait a minute, there is Zamzam. Okay, we're going to talk about about that. Hold on to that. that? But I'm saying, I mean, that's what a Muslim would say. Right. So there's no water there outside of Zamzam. Right. Of course. Did the Zamzam well exist in the 7th century? Well, that's for us to prove that it didn't. We don't even know of any references of them until the right. 9th and 10th century, yeah. so much, much later. Nonetheless, so where there is no water, there is no food. Where there is no food, there are no people. Where there are no people, there are no towns. Where there is no town, there's no cities. If there's no cities, there's no civilization. Where there is no civilization, there is no history. It's as simple as that. How long did it take me to do that? Oh, less than uh, five seconds, maybe. Five to six or seven seconds. I didn't time myself, but very right. quickly. Right. That's all you need to say. You need to say it just one time. For the rest of the day, when the Muslims try to come back and try to say, well, this, okay, what about the Zamzam well? I say, hold on a minute. There was no Zamzam well in the 7th century. There's no reference. You can't even show that. Take a look at the well today, and you'll see. It's just a small little well, about 30 feet in circumference. You're telling me that this could have fed all the people, but nonetheless, we don't even have reference to it until the ninth century. And even today, the Zumzum well, for, for it to have any water, it has these pipes going into it, all coming from Jeddah, from these desalination plants. All of the Zumzum well that you see all over the world that comes from that well is supplied by desalination plants made by Bechtel Corporation, which is an, an American corporation. It does not come from God, it comes from Bechtel. Now, nonetheless, there is no water. Now, all you need to say, just like Mars, without water, there is no point in even ever going there. So, obviously, what about the trade route? If there is no water, then, of course, there is no reason to even go in there because you, in order to have a trade route, you need to have water. You need to have vegetation. The camels need to eat. What that means is that any time that anybody comes up in every conversation, this is what we've been doing now. And this is what I'm telling, I'm telling you Muslims. I'm telling those who are working with Muslims. Whenever you talk about Mecca or whenever you talk about Muhammad or whenever you talk about the history of Islam or the Quran or the people called Muslims, whenever you bring up those five things that we're asking for, Muslims always default back to the Islamic tradition, the standard Islamic narrative. That is the only narrative they know. That's the only narrative they have, which is the 9th and 10th century. Remind them that's all the 9th and 10th century. But even more that, not only is that too 
old, I mean, too far away, and too late, too old and too late, and too distant, there's no water. But you need to go through this little meme first. Where there is a desert, there's no water. Where there's no water, there's no food. Where there's no food, there's no people. If there's no people, there's no town. When there's no town, there's no cities. Where there's no cities, there's no civilization. Where there's no civilization, once you get no civilization, there is no history. If there's no history, you can see there's a problem for Mecca. After that, once you've said that, every time they bring it up, just say, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's no water there. Prove to me there's water first before we can get on and move on to this. And so you can, these are the kind of things we're looking for. We're looking for these little quick sound bites that help you create an argument. Those who can create arguments like this so quickly, it then puts the onus onto the Muslim. So let's go ahead and let's do this practice. Um, I'm going to be the Muslim. You be uh, Abdul. I know you'll be Al Fadi, the Christian. And you start asking me about Mecca. Go ahead. So, um, uh, Abdul J. <laughs> Tell me about Mecca. I mean, uh, why is Mecca so prominent? Ah, oh, because it's the big birthplace of Islam. It's the birthplace of humanity where Adam and Eve were there. Oh, so it existed since the days of Adam and Eve. Absolutely. So um, I take it then there are archaeological discoveries that support that. Wait a minute. I want you to talk about the water now. Well, we're going to get to the water. Oh, you want to get to Okay, so let's just go ahead and do that. Yeah, All right. Yeah. So, archaeologically speaking, listen, just go to Mecca yourself. You'll see it. But the traditions are very clear that Adam and Eve, the Quran is very clear in chapter 7, verse 24. I don't doubt it because I submit to it. Yeah, I, I, just to let you know, I did do my homework and I cannot find anything at least to back this claim about Adam and Eve and even later, Abraham. So why was it a such an important uh, city, basically, beside its religious center of trade, north, south, east? Remember what Montgomery Walk said? Montgomery Walk had supported that. It was a center of trade. That's why Mecca was important. That's why Muhammad was important. So what you're trader. saying is, if I go to early trade maps, I'm going to see Mecca also? Don't go to the maps. No one had maps that early. Maps don't even come there to are. existence until the Europeans brought them in I, the 15th I did century. I do my homework on that too. And we have early maps that do not show Mecca, but it does show Yathrib, by the way. It does show Petra. It does show others, uh, you know, uh, Aden, but it does not show Mecca. And just, the reason why you know. is and the reason why is because they people back at those times didn't use the name uh, Mecca. They used the raid Makoraba. Makoraba is well known on all these maps. I would encourage you to do a study on that as well. But let's talk about now, if it is really that important and it's a trade center, that means there were civilization. And I want you to tell me, how was this civilization sustained water-wise? What do you mean water-wise? We have the Zamzam well there. Listen, there's been all kinds of water there. You can see springs today. Go and see. There are olive trees in Mecca. There are all kinds of fertilization. Have, have there's vegetation seen, all over Mecca. Have you seen a picture of the Zamzam well? Well, yes, I've seen pipes going into it, pipes coming out of it. Before the pipes. Well. Listen, listen, listen. Before Don't interrupt the pipes. me now. Before Take the a pipes. look, at, look at, at the Zumzum well. You can get it in your own town. They're all over the world. You can get Zumzum well water, yeah, and can, this yes, is a yes. flavored water. When even. pipes are feeding it, absolutely, you can get it everywhere. But before the pipes were added, you know, let's say the time of Muhammad, do you think really Zumzum supported like the entire town of Mecca? God provided water in the well. That's why the pipes have to pump it out. There's so much of it because God has provided it from the time of Emormal, from the time of Adam and Eve. Can you prove it to me? Uh, prove what? Sorry. That that's the case. I just told you. Look at the pipes. No, no, no. I, see need, the I need evidence to support this. I just sent you. Look at the pictures. They're right there. Writing, archaeology, 
discoveries, anything beside just what you just told me. Listen, there's no archaeology of that. I'm not going to prove that to you. I don't have to prove it. The, the traditions say very clearly that there is water there. If there was water there then, that then there's water there now, then I know that there's water there from the time of Adam and Eve. Then let me ask you a question. If that's the case, if it God provided and it was such a wealth of water in this case, why do you need the pipes coming from Jeddah? Because there's so many people that need it now. There's billions of ah, people. Almost so, 2 billion people need this water. So Allah didn't calculate that into his equation. Well, it's still there. It's, it's been provided by Allah yeah. through Bechtel. Yeah. Amen. Narrated by Bechtel. <laughs> now, all of this could have been sh- shut down very clearly very by, by just saying, show me some water. There's no water. If there's no water, there's no civilization. Yeah. It's as easy as that. Just keep coming back to the water c- category. The water shuts down every argument because everybody needs water. Camels need water. Civilizations, towns, peoples, they all need water. Look at the pictures. Take a look. This is desert. has always been desert. Where there's desert, there's no water. And that's why I wanted to, uh, to say also, I mean, if it was indeed, a, as I grew up believing, it's a commerce center, with all the caravans going north or caravans coming south, I mean, it's almost like you're having a large civilization on a daily basis and you need water to sustain them. In fact, they would go there probably to rest for a couple of days and they would expect to have all of their needs, uh, food, water, everything else. But there's no water. But there is no water indeed. What are we going to talk about next time? We're going to talk about these civilizations. Since we're talking about civilization, let's ask the civilizations, have they heard of this place, Mecca? Thank you. You've heard a man. Until next time, have a blessed day. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.